Welcome to Series 2, Episode 4 of Real Estate 2020 Vision, the podcast that brings you the people and the products shaping the future of residential real estate. My name is Guy Westlake, and I'm founder of Lavanda, the world's leading flexible rental software for multifamily, student accommodation, co-living, and service department assets. Now, so far in Series 2, we've had some absolutely wonderful guests on the show, but I'm afraid we've also got to fess up now to an epic fail. And that failure is that so far in Series 2, in the last three episodes, we failed to have one single lady interviewed. Well, today, I'm going to write that wrong. I'm delighted to welcome onto the show Vivikayadi Himmel and Carolina Saviova, the two female co-founders at the helm of Alto Vita. Now, for those of you who don't know Alta Vita, it's one of the most exciting startups that I know of, at least, in the corporate relocation and extended stay space. Ladies, a very warm welcome onto Real Estate 2020 Vision. Thank you so much for Thank having me. Thank you so much, Guy. It's such a pleasure to be here. Really looking forward to our conversation. So let's jump right in. Now, Vivi, you're CEO of Alta Vita, and Carolina, you are COO of Alta Vita. My first question, if I may, is to you, Vivi. What was the inspiration and spark that led you to found the business in the first place? And what was the career journey that led you here? So I spent about five years in investment banking. That was my uh, first career. And then after that, eight years in portfolio management of real estate. I was in charge of managing over $100 million of asset, ranging from residential, industrial to commercial properties. My forte at the time was really identifying undervalued assets, turn them around into cash flowings or upsell. So my job was nothing more but to manage capital risks, asset risk. At that time, I was truly inspired by the story of Uber and Airbnb business model. Um, I thought it was brilliant. No balance sheet risks, no working capital requirements, and you're able to leverage on technology and expand globally. So with that in mind, I really wanted to really focus on what my expertise was, was just in real estate, um, but taking it from a completely different angle, building a very much asset-like model in mind. Um, we had a third co-founder at the time. He was a friend of mine. Um, we worked together in Hong Kong many years ago. He kept asking me, let's do something, let's do something. And, and I said to him, look, I, at this point of my career, I wouldn't want to venture into an industry where uh, I had to learn from scratch. Obviously, I had to learn technology from scratch, but at least I was able to use uh, my experience in real estate. Um, so I told him about this idea. How about this? But, you know, let's focus on standardization and providing quality assurance to the um, alternative type of accommodation. So he said, let's go for it. And then he introduced me to Carolina. It is actually a quite funny story. We got introduced by a mutual friend when I was an expat. Um, I was based in India back then. And then uh, my friend literally um, introduced me to Vivian. I was um, wanting to come back to Europe and start uh, my own business. And I actually didn't know uh, quite yet in which field. But when we met with Vivian, we started to understand that we share the same work ethic and we shared the same vision. Uh, we wanted to do something together. And that's how we met and started to brainstorm and work on the MVP of AltaVita. And what was the career path, Carolina, that took you overseas initially? Um, so I was working for oil and gas consultancy in India and also in Indonesia, in Western Africa. So I was constantly moving around. And that's why as well, I had the first contact with temporary housing and, and accommodation, as well as the challenges which come with it when it comes to the booking process, selection, uh, negotiating the rates with extended stays and ultimately as well, quality control. And I guess the next question is obviously, please enlighten us. What is Alta Vita? What is the problem that you're solving? 
Altavita is an enterprise solution for global mobility, aggregating high quality and duty of care compliant accommodations across 165 countries. And we pair it with excellent customer service as well as future-proof technology for the sector. As a company, we are focusing on corporate travelers and relocation management companies, which are moving employees of large Fortune 2000 companies around the world. And it is a really unique target audience, which is heavily focused on high quality accommodations. So Vivi, over to you now. I mean, if I understand correctly, Alta Vita is basically an OTA. How does it differentiate from the likes of Booking.com, Airbnb, Verbo, etc.? How do you position yourself in the market? The Alta Vita market and brand positioning is really clear in our view. If you want to be quite adventurous, live like a local, then the choice is likely to be Airbnb or Verbo or HomeAway. But for a two-day straight hotel, then Booking.com is obviously the clear go-to channel. For us, a longer stay, quality assurance or safety, compliance and duty of care, that's Alta Vita. This is really what our brand represents corporate accommodation and the platform for employees globally. Certainly corporate travel is a really clearly defined niche and arguably massively underserved by the kind of the existing incumbents of the sector. Um, So I think you've got a really exciting opportunity there. But let's come back to that because before we go deep on Alta Vita, I'd really like to just probe a little bit more on the people behind the entrepreneurs behind the business. So Vivi, you first. Please tell us a little bit about who you are as a person. The other part of um, my career is really about anthropology, culture, languages, you know, kind of more on the humanity side of things, social sciences. Yes, investment banking, yes, real estate management. But at the same time, while I was working through my career, I was living in many different places, many different cities. I'm originally from Indonesia, uh, boarding school in Australia, university in the U.S., I moved to New York for my first job uh, in banking, and then I was relocated by my previous employers um, from New York to Hong Kong, Hong Kong to London. Um, so a lot of this has massive impact of what Altavita is today, because at the end of the day, we are serving uh, multinational companies which use global mobility um, and business travel to mobilize their employees to to make sure that they can expand globally or protect their IP, uh, as well as having the right licenses to operate in certain jurisdiction for highly regulated sectors, uh, for example. So so these personal experiences and also having lived in so many different cities, the the same with Carolina, um, give us a an acute cultural awareness and a good international expansion skill set, if that makes sense, which is what Altavita is all about. We are now present in 165 countries, um, now I think around 1,238 locations around the world. And that is our barrier to entry because at the moment, I don't think there is any other um, technology first company who is able to deliver quality services with duty of care, safety, and security at scale globally like we do. And Carolina, what's your story? I actually uh, studied human rights, so a completely different field, but I always wanted to travel uh, for work. I was in Geneva with the Human Rights Council, and then I changed path, and then I started to uh, work for consultancy and again, move around the world. So this is why I, I would be staying, for example, in upward hotels, as well as private accommodations for a period of six months, usually. And I would have to start living my life as an expert in in different countries, which again, brought me to 
understand the challenges uh, pertaining to, to temporary housing. You're both such citizens of the world. We're so lucky to have such well-traveled people on the show. Vivi, you mentioned already that you're Indonesian. Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, a little bit about how your friends and family might describe you. Uh, sure. Uh, my home is in Indonesia. Um, I was born in a town called Solo, which is in central Java. I don't know if you've been in the country much. Um, most of the world knows of Bali, uh, but Bali. So Bali is like a little dot, little island in the midst of uh, Indonesia's massive archipelago. Um, Indonesia has five large islands uh, and Java is, is one of them. And uh, Bali is, like I said, this is a little dot on the east side of uh, Java. So that's home. And how would my friends describe me outside of work? Well, I mean, you see friends when you are at your best. You see friends when you want to hang out, socialize. You know, I personally love wine. And so a lot of the outside of so, kind of social side of me has included a lot of um, wine journey. But I mean, personally speaking, I'm very much an introvert. Uh, I love to read. I, I like to just kind of escape into um, the world of uh, books. Um, this is also very much relevant to the Altista personal journey. Um, I had no idea about tech, so I sort of self-educated myself, um, reading from one book to another to, to make sure that I at least cover the ground um, before I go out there and test the theories into practice. But I also very much enjoy running. It's part of my routine. Like I feel like I have to be <laughs> in Hyde Park um, covering maybe five to eight kilometers um, every two or three days or so. And my husband and I, we, we love tennis and golf, uh, thankfully. So we go to Duke Meadows quite a bit. And I suppose the last thing, uh, what makes Vivi is um, the music part of me, uh, something that I've learned since I was childhood. When I went to work in New York, in Hong Kong, I didn't have my piano with me. Finally, when I moved to London to settle in, I managed to purchase one piano, which is my dream. Um, I have a Steinway at home. So yeah, so I, I just kind of like to escape there as well. Um, I love playing Rachmaninoff and Ravel. Those are my two favorite composers. Carolina. Tell us a bit about your world outside of work and what you get up to in your free time. <laughs> well, I would say that I continue living in a suitcase now that the world is slowly coming back to normal. I am uh, from the Czech Republic, from Prague initially, so that's where I spend most of the months. But I also travel to meet with clients. So uh, I recently traveled to the US, to Switzerland, traveling very often to London to meet with the team. And that's ultimately what makes me happy is uh, really being able to hop from one country to another, meet with people, meet with clients who make this industry so exciting. When it comes to my free time, there's very little free time when you work for uh, a startup, for sure. But when I do have free time, I try to disconnect completely. And this is something that I would recommend to all entrepreneurs. Sometimes when you just stop thinking about the business for some time, that's when you actually come up with the best ideas. So I like to do horse riding, which usually does not allow you to, to think about anything else, but probably your survival. <laughs> Thank you both for that. My next question to both of you is, are there any people in your lives who've shaped you both personally and professionally? Anyone who you'd like to call out to? Vivi? I believe that people who are closest to you shape you. Um, I mentioned earlier, I like to read a lot of books and there are many different um, iconic figures that I have learned from um, by 
podcasts or by reading about them. But actually, I would say my mother um, really influences who I am, her work ethic and instinct, and the fact that um, she was so good at chasing opportunities and turning them around. She also had a brilliant instinct when it comes to real estate opportunities. And I suppose that's where I learned my real estate background in a way. And then my husband, uh, you know, he's the person I spend <laughs> all of my time with. He is a person I truly admire. He's got this amazing work ethic, diligence and structure. He's from Germany and he had like multiple degrees. Finally, he finished completing his PhD in um, aeronautical engineering. And so he's just brilliant and he challenges me all the time and, and makes me really grounded um, and humble as well. So I would say, yeah, my mother and my husband both really influenced me in, in many different ways. And I think it's a, it's a great balance between the two of them. So I have two. The person who introduced me to entrepreneurship is definitely my father, who is an entrepreneur both in commercial and residential real estate. And he has definitely taught me a lot of things uh, when it comes to taking risk, uh, taking decisions, managing people, as well as allowing people to grow within your organization. I think that is extremely important. And then definitely Vivi, uh, as my partner in crime, really. We worked together now for the last four years, nonstop, I would say. And it's been uh, an incredible journey. So definitely I do take uh, a lot of inspiration from my co-founder. That's really nice to hear, Carolina. It sounds like you guys are a really tight, tight founding team, which is lovely. We could maybe revisit that conversation when Alta Vita is worth, uh, you know, a billion dollars. We'll see how those relationships have been strained over the course of time. Anyway, I now want us to turn our attention back to Alta Vita. And maybe we can talk about some of the kind of the key projects you guys are working on and the ones that are taking up, you know, most of your time and energy right now as you build the business. Are you happy to share some of that with us? There's so many projects currently at Altavita. I would say that the most complex one and also the, the most interesting one is definitely aggregating the, the supply chain. We work in 165 countries. That means different operators that also means different supply technology. The market is extremely fragmented. Our objective is to essentially create a one-stop solution for all high-quality operators. But that means that we need to learn how that market works. We need to learn what kind of supply technology or property management software, channel manager they are using. And then, of course, do the integration and then strategically position AltaVita as the right partner so we can grow effectively as well the number of properties and at the same time bring the right business to the operators. So that's probably something that I am literally obsessed with at the moment, but is the, as, as, as well is really a complex project to, to make because a lot of the current technology that is there in the market is made for short-term rentals, whereas we usually book extended stay somewhere between 30 days up to six months. So also making that technology work for the type of demand that we get is um, quite complex. Vivi, what keeps you awake at night? Yeah, sure. Um, at the moment, we are so engaged with this project called the Smart Safe Sustainable Summit. We inaugurated um, this innovation summit last year. Um, during COVID, you know, everything was done virtually. What, what that did actually give us, uh, a small company like Altavita, uh, an opportunity to bring together 
many different stakeholders from the industry into one platform. Um, this is one, one of the things we did really well. We were able to be agile, flexible. Um, and so we were successful in bringing about 400 different professionals within the industry, covering from global mobility to hospitality operators into this platform called Wonder, where we started present thinking and then um, bringing them to iteration prototyping and then product launches. So the idea was really to engage with the industry, bring in the problems that the industry as a whole faced and their ideas of what could work to solve the problems. Um, and so because of that success, we've now launched a second one, um, as I mentioned earlier, it's called the um, Smart Safe Sustainable Summit. But just to summarize, um, we, we had amazing um, summit ambassadors who are really lending their subject matter expertise in the areas of sustainability, technology, and safety. On the sustainability side, Albina, who is one of our ambassadors, really summarized this into three powerful lenses from traveler, travel manager, and hospitality operators. There is always one common denominator, which is around awareness and education. Uh, from the three lenses. And then also greenwashing is, is quite a prominent problem within sustainability. And then there is some really bold uh, visions around how to potentially create an API with uh, many different green certifications. However, the problem also lies on just kind of the, the amount of different certifications out there. Um, I think she even called it the jungle of green certifications. So how will Altavita solve this? And we feel really passionate about this. And, and I think, um, you know, the, the key for us is always being able to analyze the trend where the industry is going in and own that conversation. So we will be launching this feature called um, Sustainable Practice, which essentially organizes all the data from our operators. The objective is first and foremost to remove greenwashing. So it's not enough to just say your claim, yes, we are eco-friendly, we are green, we have this and we have that. Well, if you do have waste recycling program, for example, show it to us um, and we will be geotagging the images and videos to make sure that it actually correlates with the property. It's not like a property elsewhere and you use it to claim um, your sustainable practice. So that's the aim. And, you know, it's, it's a lot more complex than that, <laughs> but I hope that it just gives you a bit of flavor of the project. It certainly does. Thank you. And you've clearly chosen to bite off some pretty ambitious chunks of the industry there. I mean, these are not, not trivial solutions that you're building, but we wish you very, very well in, in, in doing so. Can we talk a little bit about, you know, as two female co-founders, um, the state of diversity, equality and inclusion within real estate? Is the industry doing enough? Carolina? What we're currently seeing at AltaVita is a lot of employees actually coming to us who are asking for more flexibility. Vivi and I, we're two female founders, so we understand that some employees, particularly when it comes to, for example, young mothers or people who, who for example, female travelers who want to live anywhere in the world, require more flexibility. So this can be, for example, flexible working hours. This can be a remote work. This can be various arrangements as in you, for example, work for four days and then Friday take off. We are open to that flexibility because we understand that in order for people to be 
productive. First of all, they need to be happy and they need to be confident that their employer is going to back uh, them with their decisions. So Vivi and I, we, we have that vision that we want to give people flexibility so then they can feel that they found their new home uh, within AltaVita. And because we are definitely seeing a lot of number uh, of female employees coming to us with similar demand, uh, leaving their former employers for this reason, it doesn't sound like the industry is doing enough in that sense when it comes to inclusivity or giving more flexibility for sure. So we definitely want to be a pioneer and, and a leader in that sense, considering that both Vivi and I are female founders. Vivi, is the industry doing enough on DEI? Yeah, definitely not enough. I think it's not just the real estate industry, it's all industries. Um, we're still very early in the journey with the EI in general. I'm very fortunate to have been able to grow up in a family where equality was given, where I was given an opportunity uh, by people, my family, my friends uh, who believed in me. I went to girls boarding school, so inevitably equality uh, was already planted from from the get-go there was no discrimination because we were all girls um, and also fortunate enough to have the resources uh, skill set and qualities that helped me to excel but as I spend more and more time in my career learning about the EI I think that successful women are still very much the exception I see more women struggle especially when they have family and especially when they struggle with with childcare. And I think that's the core fundamental reason of inequality for women is when they have family, when they have uh, to weigh the cost and benefit of staying at work versus the, the childcare cost that they have to pay. Um, so as an organization, Caroline and I are very much aligned with this. Uh, we want to empower our female leaders. We want to be able to take calculated risks um, when it comes to employee progression, really helping them as much as possible accelerate their career and promote from within. Clearly, this is something you both feel very passionately about. So well done, both of you, for leading the charge on this. I mean, you are in an enviable position as female co-founders and leaders in a business to attract and retain female talents and be build a genuinely inclusive business from the ground up. It's lovely to see that happening. I 100% agree that as an industry, we can do so, so much more to promote diversity and inclusion. And one of the things I like to try and air on this podcasting channel is, you know, female leaders and the need for the industry to act and act now. I can only hope that our listeners are inspired by your stories and the, you know, the, the problems we shine a light upon and in their own way, take small incremental steps that slowly help us tackle the mountain of a problem that lies in front of us. But every step is a step forward. I'm going to change topics entirely now and talk for a minute about COVID. As a company in the travel and hospitality space, Alta Vita must have had you know, an exciting ride the last 24 months. Would love you to talk about how you managed to get through such a turbulent time for the sector and also what trends and opportunities you see coming out of the pandemic. Carolina, maybe you can start. I think that uh, it was a huge uh, eye-opener for um, travelers who are conscious about uh, duty of care and quality. So uh, what we started to uh, see is even uh, B2C customers who previously perhaps were going with the obvious solutions were reaching out to AltaVita because of our uh, four-tier quality control uh, vetting. What is really interesting about our company is that we don't uh, just onboard any partner. But 
every single operator needs to uh, comply to that vetting process. The vetting process consists of uh, interviews with the operators to ensure that um, they are professionally managing their properties. It can be, for example, a dedicated reservations team. It can be uh, guest experience support. It can be compliance, insurance, the fact that they have an in-house cleaning team, which helps the quality control. And as well, the fact that they are able to sign an SLA, which is pertaining to uh, different items that actually need to be in an apartment. So this is uh, this is like the first step. Then we actually also would verify every single unit from the equipment perspective and furnishing. And then uh, thirdly, we also do a pre-inspection. So before every single arrival at Alta Vita, we actually work with the, with the local hospitality partner to visit the property 24 hours before the guest arrival, do a walkthrough, make sure that all the amenities are working, and then they send us the report. And again, we independently review it at Alta Vita with our guest experience team, and only then the, the guest can check in. So that means that our incident rate literally dropped to 0.5% when we enabled this um, vetting process. And it also means that when we have guests, they're happy and there's literally close to non-incident or, or need to fix things. And uh, that is really, really important for people who stay for extended stays. So I guess that overall care and focus on quality control and consistency across our portfolio was a huge opportunity and huge eye-opener for a lot of the travellers. Vivi, what about the challenges that you faced as a business and how you went about coping with them? Back in March 2020, what was the biggest challenge? It was definitely uncertainty. Uh, I think we projected about three to four months of quiet period. Um, so Carolyn and I sat down, <laughs> not literally, but you know, on uh, at the time we, we weren't even using Zoom probably over WhatsApp call. What do we do now? Um, so we decided a few things, and we didn't do. We decided this very quickly as well. We said let's cut down unnecessary costs. So we brought op- operational costs and marketing costs almost to zero. But then we knew we'd make a comeback. So then we decided to still continuing to onboard property operators into our platform. Um, We were at the time only in 400 locations in Europe. And so we used that opportunity to globalize AltaVita. That's why we are now present in um, all of the continents in 1,200 different locations in 165 countries. And then the second thing we consciously did was to continue to work on our second generation infrastructure. And we added more engineering resources during COVID. And we finally launched that second generation platform in September, 2020. And I think that was a great decision. Uh, Whilst a lot of things were still slow, we managed to find opportunities, which is within global mobility. As I mentioned earlier, um, that is one of our our go-to markets. Whilst business travel was shut during COVID, a lot of our clients, multinational companies, were still moving and mobilizing their employees all over the world. Um, manufacturing companies were still protecting their IP, of course, and they would, uh, when the corridor of travel restriction opened, they would immediately mobilize their employees to where they need to be. Um, many technology companies thrived during the pandemic. 
as you know. And so in order to do that, they have to expand uh, to many different markets and sending their trusted employees. Um, and then other regulated sectors such as finance, pharmaceutical, they need probably the right licenses to operate in different jurisdictions. And therefore they needed to place their employees in the right jurisdiction in order to um, operate, produce, and so on. So that's, um, long story short, we, we've done really well during pandemic. We were at nine employees. Now we're, I think, almost 50 employees. We've tripled and quadrupled our traction when I know other travel companies were forced to hibernate or shrink their workforce. And we grew our customer base by 525% year on year. So it's really, you know, um, identifying the right opportunity during crisis. And this is something I learned so much from my mother. She's always so good in, in looking for opportunities in recessions or crisis is when you can truly make a, a big title difference. I have a question for you, Carolina. You've spoken a lot about duty of care. And because you're an OTA, I'm assuming the property managers are conducting a lot of the operations on the ground to ensure high quality inventory. How are you going about incentivizing the property managers to do these additional tasks? What's in it for them? So usually we only work with professional property managers. So uh, be it apart, apart hotels or the likes of Blue Ground, really large um, global companies which have a trained hospitality focused workforce. And then they are really able to deliver that quality control. It's, uh, it's amazing that they're able to do it at scale, given their large portfolios. I would say from their perspective, it's worth doing it because again we're not sending guests for one or two days we're sending guests for a really extended period of time so even for them it's it's good to to enable this process in addition as well it's uh, it helps to control their inventories because let's say uh, the guest damages something within the apartment then you have the proof that everything was in order at their arrival and then basically getting the refund from the guest is a lot easier now, Vivi, when you're thinking about your technology vision, you know, what you want your tech platform to achieve, what are the main bottlenecks that you see on the roadmap preventing you from realizing those objectives? Yeah, um, I think in terms of our technology stack and also technology vision, it's been well defined over the past two years or so. It is a question more about adding more resources, uh, choosing the right partners to integrate, and also allocating the right resources into the right projects. Um, one of the things that we've, we are currently doing right now is departmentalizing our teams. So let's say two years ago, we were at about five or six engineers. We are now at 16 to 18 engineers. Um, the key is how can we ensure that they can operate within their own swim lanes and, and not affect uh, or become a bottleneck to many other departments. I mean, it is not a groundbreaking technology, but it is a real life case study where, um, you know, company at our stage uh, is, is faced with, you know, you really need to graduate from like an MVP type of mentality to now truly scalable infrastructure. And Carolina, as you surely overcome these various hurdles, what lies beyond? What is it you ultimately want to achieve with your tech platform? 
For us, it's uh, not only focusing on global mobility, but also venturing into the business travel and really making sure that we're able to deliver all our inventories and apartments life to, to the guests. So that means that we remove completely any waiting time or hurdles in the booking process and then really deliver our solutions to all corporates uh, worldwide. And what shape do those solutions take exactly? So we have two big parts of technology. We have our business enterprise solutions where our clients can import their global mobility policies and then um, they can essentially filter out the best options for the assignees. And then on the other hand, we have the global distribution system, which is completely proprietary to AltaVita and which can aggregate uh, large quantities of apartments, be it through API connectivity channel managers, property management software, or direct API. And then um, for those operators who may not be using any technology, we also have the ability then to onboard content only. And where we want to develop the system is to continue um, automating the, the onboarding process, particularly into the GDS. It's a, again, it's a lot of work because we have a lot of steps, uh, especially when it comes to the vetting process. So uh, really looking at how we can best uh, automate that. In addition, we also want to add a few sustainability features because we know that it's a big topic for Fortune 2000 companies. They really want to monitor their carbon footprint, including when it comes to hospitality and their accommodation spent. So within the GDS, we are currently building a tool which will um, which will enable the operators to input information when it comes to carbon offsetting their water management, waste management, energy management, as well as certification that they may have. And then we will be able then to calculate how suitable they are then to be booked. It's always a huge undertaking, uh, but hopefully we'll be able to scale it first in, in EMEA, the US, and then uh, to Asia as well. Now, ladies, a question to both of you. Finish this sentence. By the year 2030, Alta Vita will be dot, dot, dot. Vivi, you first. Worth a few billions, trading on NASDAQ, and the go-to platform for any employees globally. The global solution for all flexible rentals. Well, it's good to know you're both singing from broadly the same hymn sheet. <laughs> Bold visions indeed, and I respect that. We wish you all the best. Vivi is a battle-hardened entrepreneur in the prop tech real estate space. Call it what you will. What advice do you have to other would-be entrepreneurs who are sitting listening to this podcast thinking, I really like the sound of the sector. I need to get off my ass and go and do something. I would say when it comes to disrupting market, make sure that you can articulately quantify and describe the problem because you can't create a problem. You can't create a market, but you can always create a solution and fine tune your solution for that market. And Carolina, what's been your learning that you can offer up and share with others? When it comes to giving advice, I would say that one cannot build a product uh, for yourself or your, or your co-founder. It's really important to consult everything and try to co-create with your target audience. Um, a lot of people may be afraid of feedback. Um, actually, that's you, you cannot build anything without it, without the relevant feedback, not only by friends or or. Uh, consultants or, or employees, it really needs to be done carefully with the relevant buyers. So that would be my biggest advice. It's not always easy <laughs> to digest it, but uh, it's absolutely necessary. 
And are there any glaring opportunities that you see in the market that are maybe not for Alta Vita, but might be great inspiration for entrepreneurs listening to this, seeking you know, ideas for, for future businesses? What we are seeing is pertaining to the ancillary services. So for example, we are providing accommodations, but some of the guests may be willing to purchase, for example, parking. And when uh, we're booking a, a property, maybe they don't have parking available, but maybe the, the hotel next door has some parking available. So maybe creating a platform or making some services or some items from hotels bookable independently from the accommodations that can be even uh, pertaining to uh, other services like extra cleaning or grocery delivery or maybe babysitting. There's so many different services that we're seeing that the guests would be interested in. But we currently don't have the ability to use them unless they booked in the given property. So we're really making it modular and, and booking independently. I think that that's a huge opportunity, even for the property management software technology. Certainly some good food for thought there. Um, and I'm certainly taking notes about how we can develop Lavanda's PMS to offer yet more creative new monetization opportunities for properties on our platform. Ladies, it's with a very heavy heart that I have to say we are running out of time. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time and for sharing so much about Alta Vita. As is customary, I've got two quickfire questions for each of you. Vivi, if you had to choose an alternative professional career, what would it be? A pianist. Short and sweet. The first pianist we've had on the show. And Carolina? I think I would be a human rights lawyer. That's something that I study and that is very dear to my heart. I, uh, I love solving problems and, and also helping others. So I think that I would go with that career choice. Well, you're both far more talented and more worthy people than me. <laughs> so um, we wish you well in your alternative careers. And then final question to both of you. Is there a person who is a source of inspiration for you, who you would love to one day invite onto this show and hear their story? Who would that be? I love listening to the podcast by Reid Hoffman. I know he's not in real estate. He was a founder of LinkedIn. Um, but I am always fascinated by the stories that he's been able to curate um, when he interviews many other founders and really tell the story how companies are able to scale up and maintain their culture. And then I also really like Shorthand for High Growth Startups by Omar Hamoui. Do you know him? He's the partner of Upper Capital and founder of Edmob. I find his advice is so on point and practical. It touches on so many different facets of running high-growth startup and forces you to think about diversified topics from not only just how to maximize valuation multiples and enterprise value, but also the importance of product velocity, the value of scarcity, and building a slack in your team system. Two very strong candidates there. Thank you, Vivi. What about you, Carolina? I was thinking about that question and I came up uh, with Anshul Mehta, who's uh, our dear friend and uh, an amazing operator in London. He was actually tasked before the pandemic to open a huge uh, apart hotel called The Gate and they've managed to fill out almost like 90% of availability uh, during COVID. So that was uh, incredible for such a new product. And then uh, now he's running his own business. So I think that that's quite inspiring as well, starting something new. 
And uh, I think that he's going to be focusing a lot as well on the sustainability angle, which I think is a great inspiration. Sounds like a great man. Thanks, Carolina. Can you say his name one more time so I catch it properly? Uh, Anshul Mehta. Anshul Mehta. Thank you. Well, we'll endeavour, of course, to get all of the above invited onto the show so we can hear their stories in due course. I know I've made it the day that Reid Hoffman gets on my podcast, but hey, I'm allowed to dream. Vivica Adi Himmel and Carolina Saviova, co-founders of Alta Vita. We are officially out of time. You guys are building a wonderful business. We wish you all the very best. Thank you so much for sharing with us your 2020 vision. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, Guy. I really enjoyed our conversation and best of luck to both of us. Real Estate 2020 Vision is brought to you by Lavanda, the world's leading flexible rental software. For more information, visit getlavanda.com. Wow.